You're listening to the Funny Women Survival Guide, the uplifting tongue-in-cheek podcast where we chat to British comedy's funniest females in an attempt to cheer up and entertain the nation in these uncertain times. And here's your host, Alexis Strum. Good morning. I hope you're all staying positive in what's been a pretty challenging week for us all. But look, good news is on its way. On this week's show, live streamed on Twitch, my guest is comedy performer and Funny Women Web Series Award finalist, Sophie McCartney, aka Tired and Tested. And we chat getting sued by Universal Records, manifesting, and what it feels like to go viral. Welcome to the Funny Women Survival Guide, Miss Tired and Tested. It's Sophie McCartney. Hi. I should say Mrs. Tired and Tested. I don't know, really. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, it could be. I mean, it's not my official handle, but, you know, why not? Mrs. And tired and Tested can be. How did, um, so how did the name come about? Which It's brilliant, by the way. Oh, thanks. Well, do you know what? I hate it. <laughs> oh, this no. Is, this is a very strong lesson in before putting yourself out on the internet, make sure that you're 100% happy with how you want to then be presented to the world. Because once you're out there, you then it's very difficult to then change it and put it back to actually something else. So in hindsight, I think I probably should have just gone with my name then wanting to move into comedy but at the time the tired and tested came about because I'd had the kids Mm -hmm. and I was very tired and I was very tested see what I did there it was like it was a a very huge leap in creativity (laughs) (laughs) genius um and I wanted to start out doing uh parenting blogging and trying out various different products that would make tired mothers and fathers make their lives a bit easier so I was like tired and tested tired and tested oh my god that kind of works and that was that was how I came up with the name and then literally just put out one thing and then everything blew up and then I was I was kind of stuck with it but that's just me now it's fine that's an interesting lesson though and there was someone else we had on the funny women's survivor guide called Laura I've forgotten her surname now my god my mind's gone blank but she calls herself Laura Bubble right and that was her moniker on YouTube and everything. And it was, she did it, she did it for so long and that's how people knew her. But now as she's got older as well, she's just like, Oh, I'm so embarrassed by that name. So I think that's a good, it is a very good bit of advice, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Kind of project yourself how you want to be seen a bit further along the line. It's like those things, isn't it? About, you know, when you're applying for a job and you've got a really like awkward, embarrassing email address. So yeah, it's a bit, think ahead, think a little bit further ahead to the future, visualize your end goal. <laughs> you know, you're on the stage in the Apollo, but you want people to know your name. You don't want to be, you know, some, some weird name that you concocted when you were 18. So yes, life lessons. So, was your background in, I was, I was trying to get some, some goss on you. So was your background in marketing or sort of that yeah. side of the world? So yeah. how did that play into you um, and tired and tested? So I used to work in PR which <laughs> I was like the worst PR girl. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was super disorganized. I hated calling people up and bothering people. I think there's this perception that PR is like super glam and right. 
really not. I would say that we are, I'd say probably the more glamorous version of double glazing salesmen. Yeah. What it would be. And I'd have to call journalists. I'd hate it. Oh God, it was awful. I used to have brands, I won't name any in case I get sued, but I used to have brands that I'd work for that would just be like a bag of crisps, for example, just a uh-huh. normal bog standard bag of crisps and my managers and my PR agency would be like okay and um, we want you to call the um you know the food journalist at the times and we want you to you know get him to talk about the bag of crisps in his article and I'd be like <laughs> no he's never gonna do that he writes for the times wow. and dining out in five-star restaurants and writing about that he's not gonna write about a bag of ready salted crisps and I, I had a lot of anxiety about doing all of these phone calls which I know might sound a bit weird because I'm I'm fairly confident and you know I'll yeah out, you know on the internet or I'll do stand up or whatnot but having to call all these people and try and sell them something I knew that they didn't want to write or talk about I used to find really kind of crippling from anxiety so I ha- hated all of it hated it I was not a natural born PR girl at all um but what it did give me is a, a kind of a, a flip side look into how social media worked yeah and we would work with I guess influencers and I would see the other side of it so when I had my daughter so my second child and I decided that I wasn't going to go back full-time and it was just the nursery care for both kids at the time was absolutely crippling I think I would have earned about 50 quid a month for me or something so there was just no no point um so I was like okay well how can I use my kind of my know-how to help me now Mm. on my own so yes yeah, so my background I would say definitely helped and also I had to use, I used to do a lot of writing so I'd be writing a lot of marketing material so you know I was fairly apt at being able to put pen to paper and jot things down and that was my forte in PR not so much the calling people but it was uh it was the writing side which then helped me then I guess with the blogging which was how I yeah. initially started and then into what I do now so it was it was it was definitely a help for sure yeah it's interesting how you brought all those different parts of your past into play though yeah. um and i think i don't know if i would describe you as an influencer because i think that you're so much more than that and you're a yeah. comedian but that's part of kind of in our world now that's actually part of the 360 of being um an artist really isn't it yeah, that part it of it is. is being an influencer it is and i i don't like the word influencer it kind of makes me go when i hear yeah. it but i guess you know it technically if I was being, well, I like to think of myself as a comedian. I do comedy content that I put out on the internet. It's not there to influence anybody to do anything. But in the same instance, I will also work with brands um, that help, you know, that subsidize doing what I do. It takes a lot of time um, to do this. It's a full-time job, creating content, every week for the internet and engaging and everything. It takes a lot of my time. Um, And so working with the brands gives me an income to allow me to create the content that people follow me for. So it all kind of, you know, it it all comes hand in hand, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's interesting, I I looked you up this morning and hi to everyone that's joined in the chat. Um, Obviously we are recording live the Funny Women Survival Guide. So I won't be able to interact as much as I normally would, but it's lovely to see you. And there's lots of hi Sophie's in the chat. Hi. Um, so, uh, the thing that I, the thing that I found that I was really pleased with Sophie, I looked you up on LinkedIn and it said comedian as your title. And I thought, yes, yes. set your stall yes. out. Cause we're always like, Oh no, I can't, I don't want to say that I'm a comedian. Oh, no, I would do this and I do that. And I was really like, awesome. You're the first comedian. In fact, that I know of 
female comedian rather I should specify who's actually put that on their LinkedIn profile yeah and you know what I've only done that recently um and I've changed it on Instagram I don't think I've changed it on Facebook as yet but I had a little word with myself and I was like well I think you'll have to put yourself out there as how you want people to see you yeah I was like I'm not really a blogger anymore I don't I haven't put you know fingers to keyboard and written an article like I did when I first started I haven't done that in ages and yes I'm a, a vlogger I guess because I create online videos yeah for social media purposes but actually when I look at the root you know theme of what I do is I do comedy and so I was like well I'm a comedian you know if, if you make people laugh as your profession yeah you're a comedian. Um, and so yeah that's how I want people to see me and so that's how I'm projecting myself yeah but I think that's great it's really positive I and I think yeah. as um as a woman as well it's something that we're not always brilliant at doing and setting yeah. our stall out and saying well I do this you know love it or hate it this is exactly what I do and what I'm known for so yeah. um so you you make videos now people that may not be aware of you which I would say very unlikely you've got hundreds of thousands if not millions of hits on your videos. And the, and the biggest one, the one that kind of propelled you to fame was your parody of Ed Sheeran's Shape of You. So yes. you tell us a little bit about that, please. Yeah, so uh, I think that will go on my gravestone, I reckon. Someone's just gonna put, you know, in brackets, and my bed sheets smell like poo. <laughs> <laughs> loving, loving wife and mother, bed sheets smell like poo. Um, yeah, so that was literally the first thing I ever did once I set up my socials and one of my friends said to me she was like you know the writing's all very well and good and mm. I'd grown a little bit of an audience um who, who liked all the blog articles but she was like if you really want to put yourself out there and make some noise you need to do video and at the time I was like oh I couldn't possibly I'm such a wallflower um and at that point things like stand-up comedy I would have never considered I would have never mm doing anything that I'm doing now and I was kind of a bit like writing was a, a safety blanket for me it was you know you could put it out that was it it wasn't really my face and but I, I wanted to grow the audience I wanted to start kind of getting a bigger following so I was thinking what I could do and at the time Ed's song was number one it was everywhere and I just it was stuck in my head and I was just everywhere I'd go around the house I'd be singing it and I'd be singing it to my daughter when I was doing it nappies and things and I just naturally <laughs> started to change the words as I was doing it and um, I said to my friend I think I know what I'm going to do as my first video yeah and I told her and she was like you're out of your mind like, <laughs> what are you thinking she was like if you're going to parody she's like you need to make sure can I swear on this by the way oh, of course go go ahead I wasn't sure I mean I know it's, it's like nine o'clock in the morning I guess there's no children watching but she was like you, you are batshit crazy she was like if you need to you know if you're going to do this you need to make sure that it is shit hot and I was like oh no anyway so I did it and I put it out and <laughs> I put it on YouTube first and then someone was like why haven't you just uploaded it directly to Facebook and I was like Oh, just hadn't really <laughs> thought of it. I love the strategy I, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah tell you about the strategy, guys. Because yeah. um, at the time, everyone was like, oh, you want to be on YouTube. YouTube gets you money. YouTube this, YouTube that. So I was like, okay, yeah. put it on YouTube. And then was just putting the link to the YouTube video on my socials. And mm. then another blogger was like, just upload it direct to Facebook. And I was like, okay. Literally no strategy behind it. Whacked it up at something like two o'clock in the afternoon before I went to go and get my little boy from preschool. And then I came back and I was like, oh, I was 
was like looking at the views on it and I was, my husband wasn't home at the time and I called him and I was like, it's had 10,000 views. Like, that, <laughs> that sounds like quite a lot. I think I had like 500 Facebook followers at the time. And I was like, that, yeah. that sounds like quite a lot. And then I had to go back to it again half an hour later and I was like, 50,000 views. And it just kept going and going and going and going. And within about 24 hours, it had 10 million views. Wow. And I was, and everyone always says about going viral, like, oh, it's really fun to go viral. I had a panic attack. I was, yeah. sitting, I was sitting in the kitchen with like, I had so many people messaging me. Like, it, was, it was so weird. I had um, newspapers contacting me and television companies contacting me. That's insane. I, in 24 I, hours. Yeah, it sounds, it, it reminds me of, um, you know, the Facebook movie, the one, uh, what's it called? The social network. When, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Kind of the, yeah, it's a film moment. I mean, that is your film moment, isn't it? it was, and it honestly was. And that took me from about 500 Facebook followers. I honestly thought if I put this up, I might yeah. get to like 600. <laughs> like that was, <laughs> that was, that was 100 more followers, guys. Yeah. And, um, and I woke up in the morning and I had something like 80,000 followers. It was just, wow. it was just insane. It was. Um, and so that for me, that was my... I guess my my breakout moment yeah. and I'm lucky because I actually I haven't really been trying for very long and it was so I was very fortunate I think the thing with going viral is you need a lot of things to all collide yes. at the same time it's very much up to the destiny of the stars you know it was number one at the time and people were talking about it and it just it just caught like wildfire um and I think at the end it was on about 25 million from my page but then it wow. got picked up by so many other different places it was on television in the states it was like it was just it was just crazy did and you then, get invited on the Ellen show this is what I, I want to know I didn't I'm furious about it because I <laughs> Because I did that should have happened. Come it on, it should now. have happened. It should have happened. Um, uh, it was on the Today Show. Oh, they, okay. They did, well, that yeah. trumps Ellen. I mean, no yeah. one likes yeah, Ellen at the moment. Yeah, so. they, they didn't have me on. They just played a clip of it. Um, but yeah, I saw somebody else had gone on the Ellen Show for um, something quite similar, and I was like, raging, furious. Um, I was on um, Good Morning. Was it Good Morning Britain? What's the one with Piers Morgan? Yeah, oh, right. Morning Britain. What, what's yeah, the one I saw a morning... clip of you on the on the couch on the G oh, is yeah. it GMTV or whatever it's called. Yeah, whatever yeah. it's called now. Whatever it's called now. I'm so up to speed with the media guys. Um, yeah, and that was horrific. That was horrific. I got called in to do it uh, with about 12 hours notice. Dragged both the kids down to London. We live in the north. Dragged both the kids down to London. Got to a hotel at about 11 o'clock at night. They were both. So my daughter was only about. She must have been about one at the time. So she was only tiny. Yeah. No sleep. We all then had to get up about five o'clock in the morning. I had like bags down to here. Both kids were beside themselves. And then my little boy just he got onto the set. And you can see um yourself on all the television monitors. Yeah. He, so he could see himself. And he was <laughs> three at the time. And he's like, Ugh. Oh my God. <laughs> on the TV monitors. Then he just got bored halfway through the interview and just put his feet up on the sofa and lay down. My daughter was throwing an absolute shit bit. I've got a dummy. Like I'm desperately not wanting to put the dummy in on live yeah. national television. You're going to get all the hate. All the, all trolls, the haters for putting a dummy yeah. in. And I was just like, oh, it was the worst possible five minutes of my entire existence. I was just sweating buckets. And within about half an hour of coming out of the interview, all my friends started messaging me like links to the daily mail and the sun oh and they were gosh. all running with like hilarious moment <laughs> three-year-old boy sabotages mother's live television interview and I was just like oh now will you be using that for his show reel when he becomes yeah. a star and exactly. good excellent exactly yes now, when you were saying something I know I know we were just joking and you said oh and um 
you noticed that you weren't on the Ellen show and you're upset and you saw someone else was. How yeah. quickly did those kind of feelings come in? Because obviously it's a very positive thing to go viral, I would imagine. I've never gone viral, but yeah. um, how, you know, and you said your, your instant reaction was panic, which I find interesting yeah. because yeah. you never really know how you're going to feel until those moments happen. So yeah. how quickly did the sort of feelings of like, oh God, what do I do next? How do I keep, how do I keep my followers entertained? Yeah. How did that, how quickly did that come in? It's, um, it's a very weird feeling because you, you are very much then you get caught into a bit of a, like a hamster wheel. Yeah. Because everyone tells you you've got to capitalize on, you know, your last success and you've got to keep it going. You've got to keep sure. building. So for me, I felt there was quite a lot of pressure, but then in the same instance, I was still very new to it. So I hadn't really fallen into the trap at that point of, of constantly doing the content. So I actually did take it's about a month or so, to be honest, before I then did another parody. And actually that was fine. I had a lot of people because, because it, it went for so long yeah and yeah the reach was so vast it kind of sustained me for quite a while I was literally getting still thousands and thousands and thousands of people following every yeah. day um and messages and all the interactions so I kind of just I dined out on that for a little bit but when that passes and then you were kind of then into the real world you're like mm -hmm. okay this is now what I do for social media that you are you're in you're in the hamster wheel and it's it's trying to not look at what other people are doing and let yes. that spook you and being like oh no well they, they've done a parody i need to do another parody that person's got you know two million views on their video mine only had you know five hundred thousand. wow i'm awful <laughs> you, do, you get pulled into this you know there's an imposter syndrome thing yeah. that you have going on and um yeah it's it, it's it's difficult and and that sounds it's like really first world problems like it's really difficult making content for the internet all the time well, no i think relevant. i think because you're putting your life out there you know I'm, i mean you you've put videos out like with your with, you have one with your husband falling asleep or something but yeah you're, probably you're, yeah. you're putting your life out there that's the exchange isn't it i think yeah in your realm it's different it's different to being um say just a reality celeb who courts of publicity stages photographers at their yeah. holidays and stuff you're yeah. actually your content is your life so actually yeah. that is that does come with um you know, a, a weight of responsibility. And that is quite hard. I, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't lessen that. Impact. Yeah. And, and to be honest, something that I hadn't really thought about when I started all of this, because I didn't expect the Ed Sheeran thing to do what it did in any way, shape or form. I'd had the kids in the video with me. Right. So suddenly they were then propelled onto a mm. platform that actually I hadn't really thought it through properly at the time that they were then going to be exposed to that so I had a slight wobble about oh my god what have I done have I've you yeah. know I've, I've brought the kids into something I've not you know I've not sat them down they're too they're too young to understand and that played on my conscience levels quite a bit um and then so my little boy he absolutely he loved it if I was like, do you want to be in a video with mommy? <laughs> like, yeah. And both the kids are quite dramatic, quite dramatic souls. Oh, uh, how surprising. <laughs> where they get it from. No idea. <laughs> um, and even now to this day, you know, that they, they, they excel in school at things like drama and singing yeah. and dancing. So they've always been quite happy to partake. But then, you know, you do look at the flip side and say, well, actually, they don't, they don't, I guess, fully understand how far and wide social media goes so actually yeah. my son for example i haven't used him in anything since he's been 
school age album maybe mm-hmm. use their voices or the backs of their heads in things um and i occasionally use my daughter maybe if she wants to be in it or if she's done something funny and um and it's not you know detrimental to her mental well-being to put it on yeah the um but i'm a lot more cautious now of the content that i put out there that involves the kids um so i, I would kind of put that out there as a as a bit of a you know, precursor to anybody, I guess, in, in my situation who wants to do anything kind of parenting orientated, that that's, yeah. you know, I'd have a think from the beginning, really, because it, it just wasn't something that I expected. And then I was suddenly in that position. And I was a bit like, oh, I hadn't thought it through. But to be well. fair, where would you really go for that advice? I mean, I know yeah. some, some influence, influencers who are straight influencers, they have an agent or someone that's going to advise yeah. them. But yeah. really with you, yours was a very organic thing. You know, you just kind of experimenting with comedy, your kids come yeah. into the video. So how would you even know unless you learn by doing? I mean, do yeah. You, so exactly. do you know your competition and your peers? Do you, is there a network of people that do similar stuff to what you do, would you say? There is, there is. I mean, and there's people of kind of, and everybody's very different really yeah. in what they do. So I, I found, I'm not saying that I'm like super unique, um, <laughs> but I found that, that I sit in a, a bit of a, a gray area, I guess, uh-huh. in, in what I do, because I don't see myself as an influencer, that's not what I set out to do. I occasionally do a bit of branded work, like I said, but it's not that if you mm. come to my feeds, that's not what you see constantly. I maybe do, you know, one every couple of months or so. Yeah. Um, and um, there are, yeah, so there are people who are the straight influencers. And what I do, I guess, is I do a little bit of that. I do mm-hmm. a little bit of serious stuff as well. Um, I do the comedy videos. And then I also do stand up stuff as well so yeah I I'm kind of the only one I know like me at the moment yeah um, but then you do you form friendships you have these online friendships and I'm friends with people online who I've never met and we'll <laughs> chat over Instagram messenger and it's nice actually because it's a, a kind of a, a solidarity of yeah women you know doing what we do and we try and help each other out and I know that there can be a bit of bad press around you know the mummy bloggers and mm. I think that we can be perceived to be all you know knives at dawn and, <laughs> and there can be rivalry and all of that I've not personally come across it in what I do and I don't know whether that's because I do comedy and I don't do more of the serious side yeah I wonder I wonder if that's yeah. a more competitive world perhaps yeah maybe and because I don't do a lot of the branded stuff all the time yeah. I wonder whether if I did there'd be, it maybe be more competitive in terms of getting the deals and and all of that I'm not sure um but I have been to a couple of networking events that were more social media orientated okay entertainment and um because my bigger platform is Facebook over mm. the other ones and um I think at the time I'd had I was on about half a million or so on Facebook and somebody said to me they had a bigger Instagram following and they were like oh so what are you big on <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, what a wanker. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, um, Facebook. And they, they kind of did this like, oh. <laughs> like a poor you on Facebook. Wow, okay. So what's, what's wrong with Facebook? And I think there's this whole thing, there's this whole um, kind of hierarchy of what like, the yeah. social media platforms to have a following are. Um, and apparently Facebook wasn't one of them, but I was like, well, it's where my people are, so... I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, it doesn't yeah, really matter, does it? It's still a following. I think it's yeah. a slightly perhaps older generation Facebook and that's where that's yeah. kind of come from. But well, um, well, it's, you know, a lot of mums hang out on yeah. Facebook and, you know, I, I talk to the mums. So that's, you know, I know where my people are and that's 
that's where they are. Um, so yeah, I mean, TikTok, not, not my area of expertise in the slightest. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> No idea. I, I think well. we were talking about that because you came on the um, the time I almost. Thank you very yes. much. You did a fantastic yeah. story for that. And I think we were talking about TikTok and how it's a little bit baffling. And and oh, actually, yeah. you can be in a sea of of people just literally lip syncing to a politician, that, and that gets yeah. like millions and millions of views. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, actually, something that something that we haven't mentioned is that you're really a good singer. Like you're really <laughs> musical. And no, but the, when I listen to um, when I listen to your musical comedy. It, um, it's the, the sort of the way that you cram in the words, the songwriting's actually really good. Oh, and right. I think that's the part, like that's part of what makes you unique is that, yeah, there's people that do musical parodies or whatever, but it's usually it's video based and it's like a sort of, um, uh, there's no singing involved, or but you're songwriting on top of it. And I think that's something that is very unique. Um, yeah, well, I had to, I had to adapt really because I learned quite early on that parody writing in the internet can get you into a bit of hot water. Right. Um, and so I had, this is my claim to fame, the Universal Records put a complaint oh. in against me. Oh, get in, get <laughs> so, in. It wasn't quite a cease and desist, but it wasn't far off. Right. Um, and they actually took down, they got Facebook to take down the Ed Sheeran video uh, for Did breach of copyright. Really? Yeah, and there's, so there's a very big grey area with, with parody writing in the internet mm. as a whole. Um, and, uh, you know, if I wanted to argue it in the, in the courts, then I, I probably <laughs> would have won. But who's going to, in their right mind, be funny? Yeah, I'll just take Universal <laughs> Records to court. Yeah. In, in my yeah. lunch break, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm Sophie, I'm representing myself. Uh, clause <laughs> four in the copyright law. So that out. With your son there gurning. Just yeah, getting in court. Yeah, they're like jog on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't going to do that. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll just quietly go away. So, um, yeah. so if you put things on YouTube, that's a bit different because there's licensing agreements um, for the music record companies right. on YouTube. So they get they get got a bad revenue, or they get all the ad revenue. Whereas on Facebook, there's no ability for that. So it's just they just blanket take everything down. It's the same on Instagram. Um, so I had to find a way around that of still doing musical comedy. But, but not doing parody. So I was like, okay, well, if I can't rip other people's <laughs> I'm going to have to do my own. own. <laughs> yeah. And so I started doing that actually. And that stretched me and pushed, pushed me into yeah. a different direction. And, and again, one, I, I did one and it was, it's called Hurty 30. And it was a song about being in your 30s and actually, you know, how oh, shit it is. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in your 20s you're gonna be like yeah I'm gonna have Prada handbags drive a Range Rover be so successful in my life go on holidays yeah. to Maldives and then you're still trucking around in your 30s in a pair of leggings and yeah. a hole in the crotch and you have a pair of garden crocs um, so, <laughs> so I did a song about that and that was probably one of my best musical ones for the Ed Sheeran one that I've done and I just did it like kind of a like a cringy mom rap Everyone yeah do that don't they and um, but I just did that and and, and that was kind of, you know, not as successful, obviously, as the Ed Sheeran one, but it was, you know, it, it did the job. And that then kind of put me into a, yeah, another different niche that I could do that as well. Yeah, so, yeah sometimes, you know. Have you ever considered doing, doing more with that? Because musical comedy, when it's really hard to do, there's not many people that do. I mean, Tim, Tim Minchin, is that his name? Yeah. I was getting well, but yeah. I mean, he's obviously he's done really, really well with it. Um, yeah. And Rachel Paris, I know, does does stuff a musical parody. Yeah. Is it something that you've ever thought? Oh, I wonder what would be the Sophie McCartney one woman show? I mean, would yeah, it be? So, so I've half planned it. I was half, oh okay. Yeah, I've half planned the show um, before COVID hit. Um, 
and it is it's a mixture it's a mixture oh. of my stand-up stuff um and then the musical stuff as well so yeah but that's the thing I don't play instruments <laughs> you don't need problem. to play instruments that's what the yeah. other people are there for yeah, you exactly. get them to do it so I'd have to maybe come with you know like an 80s you know like boombox <laughs> on my shoulder press play and be like yeah here I go you could probably just get a backing track in the sound system. yeah maybe. I mean if you want to have a boombox that's fine yeah but I, I feel that the boombox maybe would add to it, it yeah it would totally add to it yeah yeah so that's a great, I mean, that's a great ambition. And of course, I have to mention, you are nominated for the Funny Women Awards Best Web Series. That's exciting. Yeah, because that yeah. was nominated by the people. Not that it wasn't was like people. you going, yeah. hello. The people, was, have, yeah, yeah. The, people have, the people may have spoken. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. I have to say, though, I'm not a natural born winner. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, don't put that out there in the universe. Um, but it's very exciting. And we've just got a comment from Samantha Stevens 36 in the chat. And she said, I've never, I'd never seen Sophie's video before, but I just got on YouTube. And as a mum of a five-year-old, I can totally relate. Aww. And that's the thing. You are very relatable. And I thought of you this morning because I was very naughty. I was on the school run and um, a car wouldn't let me in. So I pretended to cry. <laughs> but I had to do it really dramatically because obviously I was in my car. And I thought of you and I thought, oh, um, you know, like what, what is the worst naughty mum thing that you've ever done to kind of get away? Do you know what I mean? Like we've all do these little things. Yeah. That's so bad. Brilliant. I'm very, I'm very, very embarrassed. I'm, I'm like, sorry for the driver on Russell's ride. If you're out there, I'm really sorry. That was me. I might do that. I might. Um, I use my kids uh, basically as an excuse because I'm late for everything. So oh, whenever that's a great one, yeah, yeah, whenever I'm late, I'll just pretend that one of them's thrown up on themselves. I'll be like, "Oh, so sorry, she shit up on the way." <laughs> <laughs> an hour and a half. <laughs> you put lots of detailing because it's important when you lie. If you put lots, yeah, of detail you've got. In. Oh, you've got to add the texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the full story, otherwise, it's not believable. Slipping <laughs> down their leg, it was awful. Um, so yeah, so if I didn't have children, I'd just I'd have no wiggle room in the fact that yeah. I'm chronically late for everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. It's good to have it's good to have um some naughty mum moments though. Oh yeah. But have yeah, you got absolutely. like who do you really look up to? I mean they don't have to be mums or uh, who are your like heroes and heroines at um, the moment? My heroines at the moment. Oh so I mean I'm, I do love Victoria Wood. She's that I grew yes. up with Victoria Wood. Victoria Wood. So, like, when I think of my comedy stuff, that's what. Yeah, I can see the parallel. Okay, yeah, good yes, choice. Yeah, love a bit of that. Um, French and Saunders. They are yes. like the high priestesses to me. That's again, it's, <laughs> it's all the stuff that I grew up watching in the kind of the nineties. I still yeah. hold in high regard. Um, in terms of female comedians, I always say a name wrong. But Isla, Schlesinger, Schlesinger, Schlesinger. Yes, she's yeah. I hadn't heard of her until I was on Netflix one day, and just it popped up. So, how did you get into her stuff then? One of my friends forwarded me a YouTube video of her. Yeah. Oh my god you need to watch this woman she's hilarious and I just got sucked in I can't even think which one that it was that I saw of hers I can't even remember the first one um and then I realized she had like I think it, she had like three Netflix specials on yeah. and then I just started Amazing. watching yeah and she's she she's definitely somebody that I would aspire to be like she's she's um it's not so much just her stand-up but it's everything she's the full full package yeah 
how she acts on the stage. You know, she can mimic these voices. She does a pretty mean animal impression as well. <laughs> <laughs> she does one of a sheep or a goat or something that's just like on point. Um, but for me, yeah, in terms of my absolute favorite female comedians at the moment, she, she's right up there. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah, so I can definitely see a Sophie McCartney. Not we're gonna not say we're not gonna say tired and tested Netflix special because I feel like I feel like you're evolving into Sophie yeah. McCartney, which you already were. But, well, maybe um, that's it. Maybe that's the name of the special though, because you know you always need a name. So maybe yes. it's, it's the tired and tested, yeah, show. But it's 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 me behind it. Yeah, I love it. Is that the dr- is that the dream? Would you say to have? Would that be the dream? So if you could choose with any, you know, anything that could happen in your career, you could be um, writing a sitcom or doing the Netflix special, which is a a one woman show, stand up songs, et cetera. What yeah. would be the professional dream for you? What would you love to happen? Yeah, so that would be it. I mean, it's a, it's a very long, <laughs> really, 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 really far away in the future, maybe a distant glimmer of a dream and a hope. But yeah, for yep. sure. A Netflix special, why not? Let's put it out there. You've got to manifest these things. Manifest, manifest yeah, the shit exactly. out of it. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, but I've always, I've always wanted to, to write as well. And I'm currently writing. I've been approached to write a book. I'm not doing, not doing very well with wow. it. Oh, that's amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm um, 1,600 words into something that should be 60,000. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so like a page? Released, yeah, it's going to be released in 2032, guys. So uh, yeah. stay tuned. Um, but yeah, for me, I'd always wanted to write. So my, my biggest life goal, I think, yeah. is actually just producing a book that's funny and getting it out there. So yeah. that's what I'm working on at the moment. So that's kind of more of a, a near life goal dream that might be actually fulfilled but i would say in in the future definitely something netflix orientated just out there. no i can see this i can definitely see it and i think as as well like why limit your um your dreams do you, are you big on manifesting do you do any yeah, of that sort of stuff i am i do okay. i believe i am a believer like build it and they will come yeah um uh, so absolutely well you, you make a lot of what i've done i've made for myself and i think you know, that's, it showed me that I can do anything really. And we are all capable of doing anything. I'd have never thought, so three years ago before any of this started, if you told me that I was on a podcast with you talking about my comedy career, yeah, then, no, but actually, you know, you are, well, you, you make your own destiny, don't you? And, and that's what I do every day. I push a little bit further to do something that pushes me out of my comfort zone that might lead to a new opportunity for me. And I think that's what's so brilliant about online comedy. Yeah. It opens so many doors for you. And I I, I do have a little bit of a niggle on my shoulder that says I've kind of done things the wrong way round that I might've been kind of in a better position if I had started in stand-up comedy and built more of a stage presence and felt more comfortable on a stage and kind of really built that up and then maybe gone into online comedy so that I could utilize it more and get people to come out to gigs and, and do all of that so there is a little bit of me that feels that I've done it the wrong way around but then in the same instance when I have done stand-up gigs I've been able to use the people who follow me to come to my gigs so some of my first gigs that I did and I was so scared, but I had people who followed me who came yeah. and they all came and they sat on the front row and they all laughed and they clapped and they cheered. And actually that was lovely to know that I had people in my corner. So yeah, like online comedy is, you know, it's a growing 
thing gonna you know potentially changing the landscape of comedy i agree i agree and having more control which is you know for for a for a female in this industry as well there's no gatekeepers really are they you just go your gatekeeper your kids i suppose my gatekeeper slash my ball and chains they yeah yeah i got it i got it listen i got a tip for you you said that you are concerned that you haven't done enough stand-up in the beginning yeah so enough years have probably passed you could just make up some venues in america the (laughs) the super bowl comedy club right yeah. say you played there no one's going to check it out no i mean no. no one's gonna no one knows we're cooking this up as well no one's no, listening absolutely so. yeah i could like pick out some little tiny you know like village halls in cheshire yes. or somewhere no one's gonna check that are they no they no. won't and you can say i was a sellout yes i was a sellout at these venues in this year and i had to stop doing it because i was so popular yeah. I mean, I don't know, just a suggestion for just you. Just a suggestion, yeah. I'm going to put it on the bottom of a poster. <laughs> oh, I quote um, you as well. Can you be like my critic who said that you were oh, there? Oh, yeah, totally. We'll do a little okay. deal. I, I was in the front row. It, yeah. Was, yeah. it was like watching Chris Rock. Yeah, um, five stars. Five stars, five. exactly. Um, I'm just going to admit someone, because we have an extra special guest is going to join us, Sophie. Hmm. It's, not, it's not your kids. It's not your husband. Uh, don't worry. No, um, I'm just going to admit her, and it's Lynn Parker. Yeah. Hello, Lynn. Yeah. How Hello. are you? I'm just starting my video. Oh, so lovely. Oh, there she is. I'm just going to wiggle you around so we can see both of you on the screen, because at the minute I've just got... Are we both trapped in the telly? You're both trapped yeah. in the telly <laughs> now. There I you go. I put my arm around Lynn. Which Yay. way is he? Oh, I need, Lynn... one. I need a hug today. Thank you. <laughs> So if um, if anyone's watching, this is Lynn Parker, the, uh, do we call you the CEO of Funny Women? Founder? Oh, the founder. Creator. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the person who set the, set it up, really. I created it. But it's, yes. um, it's, it's a community. So it's for everyone, not just me. And you had the, the stage awards last night. How did that go? Oh, my God. Yes. Um, it went really well. Um, it was quite an experience to put an event on live in a proper proper comedy venue the comedy store in London uh, with a socially distanced and very well not an audience everyone in the room was either crew the acts obviously the eight eight finalists Jade Adams our amazing host yeah love her um, just to say who won the competition in 2014 just if she needs to say it again (laughs) (laughs) kept repeating it last night um and our our esteemed judges so we had about two-thirds of the judges in the venue with us and then we had some more online Amazing. so we actually uh it you know people couldn't get in or they preferred to, to stay home um it was the most extraordinary experience so i'm actually computing it today it was yeah weird. It was weird, but lovely, lovely to be doing a proper show again, actually. It was brilliant. And um, Lynn, why, why are you here? Why are you here? What are you doing here this morning on our chat? What's going on? Well, we, um, last night was the stage award, um, mm-hmm. the, but the, the Funny Women Awards encompass five different awards, um, one of which is a public nomination award. So we ask the public to, to vote. Um, normally, it's a best show but obviously in the current circumstances there aren't a great deal of live shows going on yeah um, last night uh, but uh, so we we've flipped it to our an award we normally run 
but we normally do it as more of an industry-led or, a, you know, sort of getting people to suggest things. But this time we took best web series because obviously putting a series together online is a bit like putting on a show. And um, we have now got the, f we've had the shortlist of which the wonderful Sophie is on the shortlist. Um, but she has now made the three final, the final, final three. Yeah! Yay! Yay! Well, um, haven't won. Can we get some. <laughs> I'll take top three. I'll take top three. Top three. Um, and the the um, I've got to go to my little checklist here. The other three, the other two are yeah. um, Catherine Hurley for her series uh, Bronzed, and the Travelling Sisters for Meet the Mullets. Ah, uh, amazing. <laughs> your, your and Sophie's uh, series is called Planet Birth in very good and diverse um, company, actually, which is brilliant. So Aww. well done on getting to the top three. And we're going to announce the winner um, at a new, a ne the next event. We're sort of doing the awards final in two parts. Mm -hmm. So on the 7th of October, we're having a second event. Um, it will be live from a, a venue, a secret venue. Um, it won't be a show. It will be a sort of, awards ceremony it's going to be hosted by last year's funny women awards winner laura smith mm -hmm. um and we will be inviting all the finalists to join us on zoom and we will have some we haven't got men in azimuth suits outside <laughs> although i'm thinking about it that could be quite good that could be quite fun oh, like sophie yeah sophie how are you feeling oh that's amazing that's made my wednesday morning that has Loads um, of love for you in the chat as well. Everyone's saying congratulations, Sophie. Yes. Well done, Sophie. Yeah, we, oh, thank um, you. But yeah, it's um, it's really interesting. I mean, you, you tell tell people what your um, series is about because it's quite <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so yeah, Planet Birth is uh, I would say like a wildlife spoof look at the world of parenting. So mm -hmm. I take on. David Attenborough to describe varying situations that mothers find themselves in. Some of them, I think probably a solid two or three out of the series so far have been alcohol orientated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the first one that I did was the hungover mom and it's documenting, you know, the mom who thinks that she can drink after she's had children and she can't and right. she's been let out for the first time into the wild. Uh, and she's had a few too many Proseccos and then is horribly unwell and then has to still continue parenting the next day and all the trials and tribulations of having her young surrounding her while she's trying to battle her way through the day um so yeah so they're pretty much it's it's all very attenborough and i i struggle to do them because i have to get into the, the attenborough voice right <laughs> and it's yeah it's quite by the end of it i'm absolutely hoarse by the time you need some lozenges i've got some amazing <laughs> you can't see this sadly honey and lemon menthols there you go that will send you some yeah <laughs> i'm actually meant to be filming so i've got another one that's meant to be coming out tomorrow which is oh, okay uh, School run, mom. Now the kids are the kids are back, so it's documenting the the sweaty and harassed screaming mother trying to get her kids out yeah. before first thing in the Very morning. Very of our time, isn't it? Really, I mean, yeah. it's, it's interesting. The woman, the, the woman that won last night, Lizzie um, Izzy Asquith. Um, there were three. There was a winner and two two runners up. But Izzy was very much again of our time because she was kind. She's kind of quite downbeat. Yeah, sort of self-deprecating and 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 just as I, you know, had that awful sleep this after final night, thinking about the different acts. And actually it was so interesting to see that kind of act, which is 
it's different again, isn't it? It's that whole, you know, we need comedy in different forms. Yeah. And it's yeah. sort of pan comedy. She, you know, she's young. She's, she's, um, she works in, I think she works in t TV production actually. So it was very interesting to see the, the, the range of different comedy styles that it, it continues to impress me 17 years on with the awards, how every year I am personally so inspired by the different types of comedy. So, the, you know, the web series has been really great as well because it's just all different types of things. There's yours, there's uh, Bronzed is more of a sort of sitcom setup. And then the, the, um, the, tra the Travelling Sisters who are uh, three women from down under um, where we're about to launch our new Funny Women chapter actually, uh, interestingly. Um, but they are just, they've been, we've, We've worked with them in Edinburgh, at Edinburgh Fringe. But again, it's all just very different types of humour. But yeah. the defining thing is we're all female or live our lives as women. You know, it's, it's so brilliant and so exciting. That sounds great. And we've got a question in the chat. This is so interactive today, Lynn. We've got, we've got questions in the chat. It's, it's all happening. Uh, what is Sophie's new favourite communication platform to use during lockdown? That's from AJ Emerald Isle. Because I know things have changed, so maybe not Facebook anymore. No, um, so I um, so I do want I do something big once a week on Facebook, but in mm -hmm. terms of kind of day to day things, I Instagram story. That's my that's my thing. Uh, yeah. So every day there'll be a ridiculous form of Instagram story that happens. I mean, don't don't check out maybe the last twenty four hours because I've had a stomach bug and I've not been very happy about that. So that's mostly just me <laughs> about not being able to keep anything solid inside me. Um, but I mean, I, I baked some bread rolls the other day with my daughter and they came out looking like two pairs of legs with an arse and a hole in the middle. <laughs> and, I, 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 and it's now been known now across the internet as bread arse, but that was like an internet story that captivated like half of my following. Everyone was just like, we need more bread arse in our lives. So yeah, on a day-to-day -day lockdown, kind of basis I, I use Instagram and it's a nice it's a form of relief and it's a form of actually just feeling like other people are there in the yeah. outside world which is what which is what I like about Instagram kind of the the instantness of it which is not possibly and Lynn I was going to ask so so we were talking about the awards before with Sophie it was nominated by the general public so how many shows by women were actually nominated so that we can get an oh, idea of the scale of this God um I'm, you're asking the wrong person. Um, the wonderful Mariana Fiejo, who's our, um, works with, with part of the Funny Women team, who took on the role of producer of this award, um, would be the best person to answer. But I'm yeah. going to have yes, it was about 30 to 40. 30 okay. 40. Um, and, you know, the thing is, it is a public nomination thing. So you do need to have some kind of following or to, you know, the other thing about, when we used to do best show and hopefully we'll do again best web it's about your opportunity to market yourself so you know yeah. getting people to nominate you is part of it so yes obviously it's got to be an excellent web series but also we are looking for um we're looking for that you know the person who engages and uh brings their audience in and obviously I think all three of the, the, the finalists in, this, in the web series have that ability. Interestingly, we know, obviously we know Sophie quite well and we also know Travelling Sisters quite well. So it, it, they both engage their audience. Yeah. Um, and uh, as did Bronze, who I know less well, 
but it was a very funny series. So, you know, it's, it isn't just an, it, it is a, it, it is a, it is the whole package. It's about yeah. how you put yourself together. And I think what women are particularly good at in comedy, and Sophie, I'm, I know you'll back me up because <laughs> Sophie worked with me on some of our comedy courses and things. Yeah, women are really good at turning it around. You know, we're very resourceful mm. and, you know, I, I, I get very confounded by people that seem surprised about that. Yeah. But, you know, every year we pull it out of the bag. Every yeah. year. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's, a, do you know what, as I'm thinking about the number of male penned uh, comedy series, especially during lockdown, um, the women are trumping it. There's, yeah. there's just more, there's a higher volume of female authored comedy content for sure and yeah. I wonder if it's that multitasking sort of war mentality that we just have yeah. especially if you're a parent so yeah. Sophie what were you going to say I just I just totally agree that I think you know females in general were very adaptable aren't we yeah and, you know we're used to juggling a million and one things not you know not dismissing the men yeah it is we we are just potentially wired a little bit differently and um and a hundred percent the content that i've seen some of the kind of the laugh out loud lockdown theme it's been female yeah content. yeah sure yeah who's your that. favorite so if you were going to say your top top three you know web content comedy web content that you watch sophie and, and i can't ask you lynn because we might we might get into we might get into awards i can tell you about my favorite tv picks during lockdown yeah okay yeah. We'll, we'll do that so sophie if you give us your favorite three comedy things that you watch online so not on your tv what yeah. would you say i love i can't actually it's awful i can't think of her name but who is the american girl who does uh, the trump Oh, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah, but I can't think Vaughan, of what is it Sarah Vaughan or something, I think. I'd have to look her up. But um yeah, she does the she she lip syncs to Trump and she is actually Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. She's mm. really funny. And that's just again taking something that's so simple and it's utilizing the social platforms like TikTok, isn't it, that makes yeah. it do things like that and just being able to to push it out there um she's one of my friends but I love Toba Lee as well she oh does. yes I'm a big fan of her yeah, she's great she's does she really still good. do the Friday night thing where she's like having a bottle of wine and stuff because yeah, I used to watch that with my best friend um yeah, she does. She does love Friday, that Friday night pajama party where you kind of come on board and, and again that's yeah. another great example of using social to engage with your audience and yeah. you know, bringing people into your community and it's a great it's a great buy-in and it's a great tool to be able to do that and then you know if you've got something you know a show or a book or anything it's a great tool to be able to yeah it just kind of galvanizes it all doesn't yeah. it yeah again it's all, all about the marketing um <laughs> then, what else what else i can't think about a third on the spot there was i mean the, sophie cool. mccartney's pretty good isn't she yeah, I, I was i was all right during a lot of six months <laughs> And Lynn, what have you been watching? Well, I, I'm a different generation, so I'm. I'm I mean, I, I do I do an awful lot of Zoom meetings. So, um, <laughs> are they comedy content for you? No, not a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them involve corporate clients to 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 pay for funny women. So, um, I get I get pretty zoomed out. So, I'm a bit of a Netflix girl, and um, I've been absolutely even when I got in late last night I watched two episodes of Schitt's Creek I knew you were going to say that I know, I love this it. is the I week this is the week it. for Schitt's Creek oh my god I absolutely I mean before it won the Emmys some great friends of mine recommended it and my friend 
Debbie said to me, I think you'll like it, Lynn. Yeah. And she just, it's the way she looked at me and said it, I thought, I'm going to really like it. And I'm absolutely addicted. I'm, I'm um, channeling my inner Moira the whole time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting because my, my last question, because we're, we're coming up to the end of this lovely Funny Women Survivor Guide recording with Sophie McCartney. And it's been so great. And we've had lots of people lurking in the chat. Lurking is a Twitch expression, but just listening <laughs> in and getting, you know, getting lots of advice from Sophie about how to get started, etc. But my last question was for both of you. For the awards do, which is now happening for Sophie because you're in the top three. It's so exciting. What are you going to wear? What are you going to channel your inner Moira? What, you know, what's the outfit oh, going to be? Oh, go on, Lynn. Lynn, you go Lynn oh, do you want to go it. first? Well, I don't have Moira's amazing vintage uh, designer wardrobe um, as curated by son David. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think, um, I, I just think I'll, I'll do what I normally do, which is wear a, a cool shirt because I've just been in the shirt mode for the last six months. So I'm still, you know, blanking out my legs. But the bottom <laughs> half will be making an appearance at the awards yeah. too, right? And good, good shirt. Um, uh, my kids bought me uh, a wonderful shirt, which I actually wore last night, which might get another airing. Yeah, that's okay. Then it's your trademark shirt. Yeah, so yeah. trademark um, leopardy print uh, shirt as inspired by an outfit of Sophie's, which she will know exactly about. Amazing. <laughs> and Sophie, what are you going to wear? It's so exciting. Uh, oh gosh, I mean, I probably, it's going to be the same things I wear every day. I'm going to have like some kind of active wear on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, not being active and- uh, Inactive wear, I think Yeah, always called. inactive wear without yeah. doing any exercise. Yeah, uh, means you can eat more with an elasticated waist. It's brilliant. Um, and then some, some kind of, yeah, it's all going to be business on top, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Business on top. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sophie and Lynn, for that oh, lovely special announcement. Thank you so much to Sophie McCartney for being such a great guest. And how lovely to have Lynn Parker of Funny Women pop in and announce Sophie becoming a finalist. Woo! Love a bit of good news. Sophie can be found on Twitter at Tired Untested, and on Facebook, her favourite platform, as Tired, apostrophe, capital N, and the next word, Tested. Hope that's not too confusing. Okay. And on to the recommendations for this week. Poppy Hillstead's new podcast, Poppy Hillstead Has Entered the Chat, is out now. And you should also check out the other two Funny Women Web Series Award finalists, at Casey Hurley and at The Trav Sisters. Both of them are hilarious and in terms of funny women events don't forget to book your seat at the comedy crash course for big people i.e for adults the week of the 19th of october and then after that the next crash course will be the half term 26th of october and that's for 11 to 16 year olds of course check in to the funnywomen.com website for further updates on awards and such if you want to find out more about me check out the time or navigate your way to my twitch channel which is twitch.tv forward slash Alexis drum and above all else I implore you to stay funny and stay safe